People ask me, how did I create the business that I've created? How did World Leaders become World Leaders? Was it one decision? I said, yes, it was one decision, but it was that same decision every single day, especially when times were tough, especially when I didn't want to show up, especially when it was hard. And so when it comes to role leadership and speaking about vulnerability, it's about little practices every day to allow yourself to build up the courage rather than waiting for the courage to build up before you take action. It's building up the courage through the little actions. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale, and these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch, or two, or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper, behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions, and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today, Lisa. I think that uh, you someone that really just is embracing a part of something that I see across the globe right now as a major issue. And you're like going, what the heck are you talking about? But I think one of the things firstly is that, you know, as a leader, you talk about raw leadership. And I think that this is going to be fun to dive down into. And there's another part of this, the whole thing of supporting other females. Yeah. Mm. How, yeah, how do you, a- when I say things like those two things, what does that bring up inside of you already? It, it feels like the epitome of me, the epitome of what I talk about and the epitome of what my life has been. I think it's, you know, over the years and seeing things transpiring, going through different experiences in life, working as an engineer, being a super robot where there's no rawness, it's super male dominated and being told to be quiet in the corner and not have personality and not connect and not thrive and not want to do more. It was this part of me that every single day as I went through to that job, it just killed the soul out of me. So, you know, for me, it it was built up through the experiences and then also something that I recognized in a lot of women and it may be through their jobs or it may be through their relationships or it may be through their family dynamics or their culture and seeing how we should have been. But, you know, there's, there's one thing that I'll touch on a little bit later, but one thing that I took my uh, clients through recently is the evolution of a woman and, you know, how we've been there from like the cave woman all the way through to today and how interesting it is that, you know, there's things that remain consistent with us regardless of where we started and where we are now. So tell me, where did you start? Like what kind of expectations did you think you as a woman when you were growing up thought that you needed to take on board and maybe that you think that didn't really serve me and that has changed? A pleaser for men, Mm. right? And so it could be pleasing my father, 
pleasing my grandparents, pleasing my uncles. It could be, you know, pleasing guys in a certain way, looking a certain way, acting like a certain way, talking like I needed to be a tomboy or super girly girl. And there wasn't an in between. It was, there was a lot of that polarity happening. And I didn't know where growing up as a kid that I, I fit in really, because, you know, as you grow, and I, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Karen Marie, is, you know, as we grow up, we're, we're trying to establish who we are and what lights us up. And then we've got the stereotypical female and the stereotypical male. And what if we're not either or, you know, where do we sit? How do we fit in? How do we belong? Oh, uh, from- so much to talk about. Okay. So Tate, let's, let's dive into that one. Where, okay. it, no, like, here's the thing. I was that tomboy. I was that girl yeah. that grew up as a tom girl, tomboy, whatever. I don't yeah. know. But I yeah. was the one in the sandpits that loved playing with the tracks and, and climbing up the yes. pine trees and running with the guys and hanging yeah. out with guys. Like I really yeah. didn't do the girl thing whatever that is, really well. You know, I was given dolls and I chopped their heads off. Now, probably should be in therapy for that, but, (laughs) you know, it's it's crazy times. But uh, I didn't know, I didn't like playing with the the dolls and I didn't like all the sort of the pink clothes and the things that we would typically, typically think of as the girl things. And because of that, I got labeled very much as a tomboy. And I, I think in lots of ways, I dressed really differently at that time as well. And, you know, it was because I felt comfortable in those clothes. I didn't feel comfortable in the little frilly dresses that I would be put in otherwise. Now, here's the thing. I actually... And, and I so relate to you when you talk about going into that sort of the adulthood and, and trying to identify what does that look like and who am I? And I had to really learn, Lisa, how to embrace my feminine side of me because I actually really loved being a female. I did. I just really loved being running and being free and, you know, adventurous things and taking risks. And a lot of the females didn't like doing that. So I actually didn't have really good role models around me that gave me the opportunity to still be very much a female, but have some of those other traits. So how did you deal with that? How do you deal with that? What does that look like for you now? Yeah. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. You sound like pretty much how I was growing up. Blue, <laughs> blue. Everything was blue. Everything was blue. T-shirt, shorts, and barefoot. Okay. Right? So and- the difference with us, Mine was all black. Actually, it still is to this day a lot of the time. (laughs) But I really loved wearing black clothes. So at one point people gave me the little thing of, oh, you're like a gothic. Actually, no, I just liked wearing black clothes. Yeah, yeah. I got similar, you know, you're a boy, you're acting like a boy. And I would be I would be on the jungle jumps climbing, yep. doing all those sort of things as well and only hanging out with the guys. And then as soon as they try to put a dress on me, I'd take it off or I'd lift it up and I'd be like playing with it in a, in a really silly way because I'm like, why am I wearing this? Anything pink, I w- it would be disgusting. And, you know, the irony of this is my business for a very long time was blue um, up until I was like, okay, wow. well, I'm attracting more and more and more women and I had to change my branding so much so that my freaking mouse is now pink you know and I hated it was like this I can't be this girly girl it's so disgusting because 
you know, I, I used to watch the girls get teased by the boys for being a girl. Yeah. Um, like, and so I used to watch that and go, oh, I don't want that. I want to be in, but I also love having the adventure. And so I think in that dynamic growing up, I didn't feel safe to embrace the feminine side, right? Because yeah. even in embracing that tomboy part, just exploring and having fun and being adventurous, still that person right now. I would love, I've got a kayak, I've got camping gear, I want to go buy a paddleboard and a surfboard and all those sort of things. I love that. But, you know, not knowing how to blend the two between the masculine and feminine, a lot of my work at the start of my coaching journey was actually a lot around masculine and feminine because I felt very similar. As I started to go on this personal development journey, I realized that along the teenage years and through the different experiences, traumatic experiences and all of that, I had felt, and not necessarily, but I had felt like my femininity was taken away and I didn't know how to do the feminine person without thinking that it was extreme emotion and extreme uncontrol. And, and so it was really hard to embrace that side because as you said, for me too, I didn't know how to do the feminine in a really powerful and empowering way. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, uh, there's so much in that. Tell me more of how you felt it was taken away. I'd love to hear more of that. Oh, went through the sexual abuse, basically. And and that was, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of women that I speak to and that I support have gone through that. It's like one in every five, right? And so in that, I thought, well, you know, now I have to shut up. Now I have to keep quiet. Now I have to be a certain way, you know? And so it was a really challenging, and I've been really open with my, my clients around this as well. And I've just said, look, if any of you have gone through this, it's okay. It just doesn't mean that this is now your way of life. You know, you are a victim. Mm. You are a victim then, but you're not a victim now. And that means that we can start to embrace that feminine side and it's safe to do so because nobody's Mm. going to, to, you know, use it in the wrong way. Oh, so amazing. And thank you for being so real and honest around it. Look, I think that this conversation around abuse and things like that needs to be talked about. I think there's a lot of us leaders that, you know, have had to deal with it, either ourselves or within our communities. And I think that we need to bring it out. I love what you say about it. And I and I think that this is so important is it doesn't need to define who we are today. It doesn't need to, like, but I think that it's important that we bring it to the attention at times that this has helped build some of the thinking that maybe hasn't served us at times. Because I don't know about you, but I, you know, I went through years of that myself and it was something that was, you know, very hidden, I didn't Mm. talk about it. I didn't bring it out into my world. And in fact, a lot of people in my world still don't know about it, right? And here I am talking about it on on, uh, (laughs) a podcast. But, you know, none of that is a a hidden book anymore in my life because I I figure what you leave in the dark festers, what we don't deal with it becomes something that can stop you from going to your next level and then being able to serve others to the best capacity that you can. And I think in leadership, not everyone's gone through abuse, but I think there's a lot of still 
in leadership yeah. where it's kind of like we can't say some of those things. We don't want to tell people about that moment. We don't want other, you know, leaders to realize that maybe we're dealing with a challenge right now or whatever it is. And I think that, you know, I talk about the old approach to leadership and I talk about the new approach. And I think the old approach was we kept things like this hidden. When we're going through those difficult times, the things that don't always is really quite uncomfortable to talk about. We don't want to talk about. We don't want to, you know, uncover some of them. And, I mean, there's ways in which to do it and ways not to in a lot of ways but because of to keep yourself safe, right? But I think, you know, we are getting to a point in life that people are cancelling people Mm. because people are speaking out. Mm. Mm. So where is that line? Where is that? Because here's the thing. If you didn't talk about it now, We wouldn't see that growth that you've gone through, how you've got to, and why the things that you teach about, you train about with your clients, coach with them, is so important because some of those learnings have come from those most horrible moments that you've gone through. 110%. And I think that's that's why when people share it for the first time or embrace who they are for the first time or allow herself. Like one of my clients, she's she's literally all about just showing that side of her, the sensual side of her and allowing herself to be empowered and not shamed by that. And I think a lot of women are afraid of shame or blame, right? Either they are blamed for it or they're shamed. And so it's one or the other and they don't know what it looks like outside of that because that's all they've experienced. They've either been shamed to keep quiet or felt blamed and blame for me was one of the things that I felt not shame per se but more blame and it was well different things are my fault or is it this person's fault or yeah. you know and, and it's like where do you go and how do you navigate that when it's a first time experience and so you know even the message of role leadership it's being using what you've gone through and allowing that to be your voice because really if I hadn't gone through that I wouldn't have embraced the feminine side and I wouldn't know how and, mm-hmm. and, and moving it into, into the powerful woman that I am now and the powerful women that I empower. It's about allowing your story to become the thing that shows the strength, that shows the vulnerability, that shows resilience. And resilience for me is one, one of the most powerful words, one of the most powerful words, mm-hmm. because it is so painful to get that word, right? It's, there's a, that, that's what they say. It's a rocky road to resilience because you go through all the pain, you go through all the shame, you go through all the blame, you go through all of that. And then what you get, this beautiful word of resilience later on, but it's a nice word to hear. It's just not really fun to get there. Not a lot of people are willing to get to resilience. They rather keep replaying the pain and the shame and the blame so that they don't get to that because it's really painful because you have to let go. You have to be seen. Yeah, as you said before, you have to shine the light on it. And when you shine the light, it dissipates, it disappears, and there's a sense of freedom. Uh, there's nothing that's holding you back. And I kind of see it like as fat deposits. You know, if we look at the body and how it stores fat, if you eat cake the whole time and wonder why you're putting on weight, it's the same thing with the emotions, right? If we're if we're suppressing the whole time and wondering why we feel so locked up and heavy and not clear in life and where we're going, well, we need to release that some way. Mm. So here's the thing. I think if there's two things that come up. Firstly, I want to talk about the 
uh, in a minute about safe places because that's really important. And I think that's helped to give you the platform to give the, have the voice. But I wonder if sometimes we want it too safe. And I, mm. and I say that because I think of our children sometimes and I think of children in this generation or really, the I don't know about this, I feel so sorry for the kids of this particular right now generation. I think it's so messed up. But only because we're all having to navigate a pretty tricky thing across the globe right now. And so it's, you know, some of the things that we took for granted, our children, you know, of today are not necessarily getting the opportunities right now because of, you know, yeah. lack of travel or lack of integrating with different cultures because they just know their own, you know, inside their own home or whatever, you know. I think there's so many things that are going to be really interesting coming out of this. But going back to the safe space, I think with, and I use it with children because I remember there was, so I've, had, I've got lots of kids and they're all across kind of different, I always say I've got the older generation and the younger generation. Yeah. And you know, the older generation, they kind of played around and it was all, you know, just get out there and they were boys and they would just do things. Then it kind of got to this generation where all of a sudden under those playgrounds you had to have safety, you know, <laughs> ground. There wasn't dirt and there wasn't concrete and there wasn't and, and you weren't allowed to climb those trees at the park because that would be very dangerous and we don't do that because it says keep out on the sign by the bottom of the tree. And, you know, there's like oh, and, and the whole thing about being pregnant and having children, well, I ate anything and everything with the boys. But mm. then when I got to my younger ones, it was like, you're not allowed to eat this. You shouldn't eat that. Don't eat those, you know. And I was like, where is this resilience? Because we're almost making things too safe that yeah. actually when there are challenges, when there are those difficult moments, it's actually really hard for a lot of the generations now to know how to navigate those. I don't say that I want people to go and have to go through what we both went through in our past. No mm -hmm. one wants to do that. But here's the thing that I will never, ever regret, and that is working through the challenges that I've had to face in my past. Yes. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be that strong, fearless woman yeah. that you talk about if I hadn't have built that resilience and know how to have the mental toughness yeah. to go through some of those things. Where is that line now? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I believe that challenge builds confidence, congruency and clarity. So, you know, you you allow it to become the, the navigator of life rather than avoiding it, because then, you know, avoiding the challenges means that you're continuously capped. And I've got the the whole saying of, you know, we've got to break through the glass ceiling, not only in the corporate world, but in the general world. Like, you know, there's glass ceilings everywhere. And if we're going, oh, there's a glass ceiling there. Do you see the reflection? Maybe we should stay here. We're just staying on the same level. And so we're never, ever evolving and never, ever growing, never challenging ourselves. And so instead of, um, I always talk about, you know, you're either buying into your fears or you're buying into your future. And so, you know, your fears, instead of going, 
I'm going to avoid my fears, literally take it along. Like, this is my fears. Let's take it along. Let's keep walking with it rather than avoid it. Like, let's bring it with. Why? Because you think that you're not going to experience a challenge for the rest of your life if you avoid this one. That's insane. That's insane. So I think it's, it's you know, one of my biggest messages and one of the things that I love talking about the most is about, you know what, you're going to experience a challenge. You're going to experience a fear. You're going to be in a point where you're like, what the hell is going on? Murphy's law is going to kick in. Everything's going to fuck up at the same time. And then you're going to be like, why? What is the meaning of my life? And awesome. Like, congratulations for getting to that point because the only way is up from there, but not to be afraid and not to seek for those moments. Also not to create them on purpose, Mm, but rather, rather like, allow yourself to go, well, that's the part of life just like our heartbeat. Our heartbeat goes, we're chilling for a while. It goes really high. It goes really low. It comes back up. We're chilling for a while. And that's how we are actually living. So if we were to allow life to be like a heartbeat and instead of going, well, actually, maybe we can try and get all highs or try and get all neutrals or try and get all lows, then you would function properly in your life. So, you know, I think that resilience is about experiencing the highs and lows and using it to live even more rather than stay safe or protect yourself or do anything because what what is protecting yourself anyway if you're not growing into who you ultimately want to be? Okay, so we're in a low, we're going through a low. How do we build resilience? Embrace, express, and and... I, I honestly think it's embracing. So embrace face, what? How? Embrace whatever the challenge is. So the challenge is there in front of you. Say it's something like if we talk about women, if we talk about they're going through, I don't know, confrontation in their life and they haven't confronted someone, a friend, a family member, and they've also got something else happening in their work and they've got something else happening in their relationship and they've got a whole bunch of things going on at once because often this is where people quit, right? This is where people give up because the next step is the most important step. It's kind of like going to the gym for the first time. It's the step, just take the step and then we can take the second and third. So what is what is the thing that if you were to do it right now would support you and alleviate, would support you and alleviate or almost create a domino on the other experiences that you're having in your life? People would rather do the little things to make them be able to take care of the big thing, but the big thing is the biggest piece that will domino everything else. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in the lowest point, what is the number one thing that if you were to take care of and most likely the number one thing that you're most avoidant of, what is that thing that if we take care of that, I can almost guarantee that there will be resolve in every other area that's happening at the same time. And so it's about having, almost putting a flashlight on, well, what is the thing that I'm avoiding if I were to allow myself to embrace that? And even if it's if it's a really, really big thing for the person, because everybody experiences different challenges in different magnitudes or the same challenge <laughs> in different magnitudes, right? And so if we were to look at that and we were to allow ourselves to see what that challenge is and go, you know what, this is what it is. Maybe if I took 1%, of that and dealt with that today. Maybe the next I'll take two and three and four, but take a step towards it anyway, no matter how big or small, that is the first step. But often people are like, I need to take on the full 100% right now. And that's stopping me because there's so, there's so much complexity in it. 
I love that. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think absolutely embracing is so important. Mm -hmm. And let's just talk about females for the minute because we're females and, uh, you know, it's probably good to look through that lens right now. Here's the thing. There's so many females that really struggle with embracing and then take ownership of it because I think that's the next piece. So that's owning what you're embracing, that next step, that next one thing, you know, because when it falls, when it breaks, it gets hard. Yeah. And if I blame someone else or blame something else, then I don't need to take ownership of it. And, hey, I don't actually think that this is just gender specific, by the way, either. I think that it's very much <laughs> a male and female thing. But I can speak only from the female perspective right now. So here's the thing, though. Like, I think that it's really, really, really difficult if you don't take ownership. So yeah. if you're going to embrace something, you've got to go, I'm committing to this. I'm going to be accountable to it. And I'm going to own the outcome of what I've just made a decision. Yeah. Until yeah. it is in completion. And I don't know that we do that very well. And I think that sometimes when you've had something tough or going through challenges, it's easier to go back to some of your default systems yeah. and, and go back to what you knew or go, hey, I'd rather blame someone else. And I think personally, from what I see, that society is blaming and putting blame on everyone else so that we don't have to take ownership. Any thoughts? 110%. 110%. 110%. This is like, uh, I'm so happy you said that. That's like the zero, and then we go to the one uh, flashlight. So it's I was speaking to someone this morning about this. Um, he was sharing about how he's got all these different things going on in his life. And I said, well, where's your North Star? You know, well, where's your North Star? Where do you want to go? What do you want to create? Who do you want to be? What values do you want to live? What do you want to be able to experience? And mm-hmm. as soon as we know what that North Star is and where we want to go, it makes it easier to go, well, if I take that ownership right now, or if I do this right now, will it get me closer to that? And I think a lot of people focus on, you know, what I don't want. I don't want to experience this anymore. I don't want to take the ownership. I don't want to be able to, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. And this this narrative going on and on and on and on and on. And I'm like, well, let's, let's just stop doing that. And let's focus on what we want. That doesn't mean an avoidance of, that means an ownership and an embracing of, right? So what, what do I want? I want to be able to not feel this pain anymore. I want to not, I want to be able to experience joy. I want to be able to experience love. I want to be able to experience my rawness. I want to be experienced my femininity and my masculinity in duality, you know, and, and I want to be able to experience those things. Okay. If you do want to experience that, then what needs to happen right now? Is it that person's fault? Or if you were to take ownership right now, what would happen in your life? And ownership doesn't mean that you are completely responsible of what happened, what ownership means is that you right now are making choices in your life because ultimately time, money, energy, any relationship, everything in life is about getting to know yourself. Everything in life, every single thing in life is geared towards getting to know yourself and everything in life in terms of what we want in terms of time, money, and energy is about us having choices in our life because freedom isn't freedom. Freedom is choice, Mm. right? Freedom is having the ability to choose. And so if you're not in your moment of despair, in your moment of challenge, choosing 
then it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't matter whose fault it is because at the end of the day, you're just going to be stuck not having the freedom that you've wanted because you didn't choose to own it in the first place. And owning it means taking a step out. A slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? To maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly, do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity, like you, are stakeholders to design cutting-edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Oh, I love that. Okay, so we own it now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're embracing it. Mm-hmm. How do we create that safe space to then use that to springboard to give voice to it? Safe space for a lot of people mean different things. And I think it's important where and whom you're with because I've had, uh, I've asked for a lot of support from the wrong people. I don't know about you, Karen. Me too. Yes. <laughs> I've gotten various responses uh, and it's just been all sorts of experiences, let's just say. So, so just on that one, right? Yeah. We, can't, we can't skip that one. Look, here's, here's the thing, right? Because I think... I love the honesty in that because I think there is expectation to get support from those and and often can be those that are real loved ones in our lives and and going, hey, can you support me? Can you have my back on this? And they don't always. And I think why is that? I've actually had to, I've had to unwind this. I have had to pull this apart a lot because I've really struggled because there's been some people in my world who I've really wanted them to have my back. Mm. And I thought that they would. Yeah. And I wondered why. And there's been a few things. And I don't know if this is what you've seen in those cases. And I'd love to know. But, you know, there's things like they just don't get what I'm talking about. And because of that, they just don't want to even go there. In other Mm. words, there's a lack of understanding. Yeah, right. And another thing would be they are so centered on what is important to them. They literally, and it's not that they don't 
maliciously want to make it a horrible thing for you. They Mm. just, that's their focus. And Mm. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I just know it is sometimes. And the other one, the other trait that I see from it, when people don't have your back that maybe you thought they would, and that is that they're at a space in life that if they saw you doing really, really well, that would really challenge them. And so ego comes into play. What if you become better than them? You know, all those kind of things. And so there's that kind of side of it. What what, what has it been for you? Yeah, uh, (laughs) I've had every single one of those, uh, (laughs) every single one of those experiences. One of the biggest beliefs I've now got through going through the hurt through going through the pain of that because it is painful. It is it disappointing. Is, right? it is, yeah. it, it's, it's a sense of loss. Like as we grow and as we evolve and as we become more successful, we lose people. Oh, it's so not, true. Not physically, but emotionally and mentally. And and it, it hurts because like your your best friend of how many years could be like, well, now I don't connect to you anymore because we're we've grown apart in different ways. And so to deal with the loss of growing, to deal with the loss of evolving, to grow the loss of success because you're losing and then you're adding different people. I've changed my viewpoint on this a lot more now. And I've, there's an element of acceptance that not everybody's going to get that. And I know that's super cliche. What I've shifted now is if I truly want someone to be my life, um, and that's my choice. If I truly want that person in my life not I demand this person to be able to support me in a certain way not I expect this person to be this person for me and not any of those if I choose to have that person in my life then that must mean that it's my responsibility to support them in knowing how to support me because if I'm growing and I'm evolving okay I need to learn no you need to not move on from that I need to learn (laughs) how do you do that you need to learn how yes. to, okay, yeah, cool. to go, uh, to go, okay, I need to support them to support me. That yeah. piece. Yes, I yes, that yes. that was very cool. Like, yeah. tell me, how do uh, I do it? <laughs> so it's it's kind of like this, right? If you meet me, brand new, right? Well, yeah. not brand new. We've known each other for a little bit. But um, if we are getting to know each other, say it's the first day that we've met, yes. there is no way I know that you're going to be able to support me. Right, it was exactly what I need. Yep. Fair call. Right? Fair so, call. So that means that I need to say, hey, Kira Marie, look, when I'm going through this, this is actually how I'd love to be supported. Because, say, for example, I'm emoting sadness or I'm emoting anger or I'm emoting some, some form of emotion coming through. How you have experienced in dealing with anger in the past is different to how the way that I've experienced anger in the past, which means that the way that I need to be supported versus the way that you need to be supported is completely contrasting. Because if we look at the different anger levels of what people have experienced through their childhood, through their friendships, through their relationships, it's all different. So I've now gone, well, if I know that this person, say, for example, I say, hey, and I've shared this with people. Hey, I hit a milestone in my business. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what? 
No, you're meant to jump up, do that happy dance. Yeah. Um, then, then I share with him. Look, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, prob- I'm gonna, pr- I'm gonna press the reset. I'm gonna have fun with it. No, I'm gonna and press rewind. the rewind. Rewind now. Uh, and and what we're gonna do is like we're gonna get really excited together. I'm gonna even play a song. We're gonna dance. You're gonna, you know, hug me and say how proud you are of me. And then, and then we, I'm like, okay, one, two, three. Hey, guess what? And then I do it, but I don't do it because, and then I'm disappointed secretly by their response. I'm giving them an opportunity to learn how to support me. So next time I share it, their response is, is natural to them because they're learning how to speak Lisa. Right. And so that's how we do it. And because I used to have a lot of expectations and I get disappointed time and time and time and time and time again. And then I thought, fuck, what if I'm that person disappointing other people too? In my ouch. Oh, ouch. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And is that what being like raw leadership is like for you? Yeah. Like leading and raw leadership? Yeah. It's having the humility to say that I'm not the person that gets it right all the time. And also mm. you don't either. It's having the the kindness and the compassion to be like, you know what, we all go through stuff and I get that you're superhuman. And so am I. And if I choose to have you in my life, because I know that we can grow together, then it's my responsibility, right? We spoke about ownership earlier. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's our responsibility to do this together. And then the ball's in the other person's court then the ball, then it's like, well, do you choose to do the same with me? And if not, then maybe this is, this is that fork in the road, right? Okay. So I love that because you've come to that point and I love what you're saying. And there's so much correlation between what I, you know, do in my work and what you're saying in this conversation. What I, what I struggle with is then bringing this out into culture so you know the power of it I know the power of it and I love what you're saying and we know that it is like so important to bring into leadership how do we see it shifting the way leadership is done because here's the thing raw leadership isn't necessarily the way that it's been done before and I don't know that it's going to be something that leadership across the globe will embrace because then it comes back to vulnerability. Then it comes back to if I'm a raw leader and I come to the table and everyone else isn't like that, then that opens me up to maybe it not being a safe space. Yeah. So what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts around that? Because I think these things are so beautiful these things are so important to be moving into with a new approach but the problem is and there is a problem that old leadership old approach to it all the way we think the way we do the way it's being done is not welcoming some of this new thinking yeah I think it's, uh, I love that you share that because I think it's it's the courage to be a flamingo in a flock of crows. Oh, that's the best saying. I love that. Right. <laughs> wow. So right. how do you do that? What does that look like? Well, I mean, we've got to stop putting on the whole crow freaking um you know, mask and go, you know what, there, there's pink underneath and we've, and we've, <laughs> <laughs> there he is, right? And, um, the and we've, 
we've got to take off the crow costume and okay but and I get this and you get this and we know this yeah but I cannot tell you how many conversations I'm having where people go I love what you're saying and I love the fact you do this and I go great so are you going to go do that out there are you going to do it in your business your organization are you going to now go take it into corporate are you now going to go and take it into the movements that you're creating and guess what it becomes so hard for them to do it. And I think the other side of it is this, and you're in business, so you understand this. We have indicators that mark where we're going when we're looking at our bottom dollar. Okay, so we've made 10K this week. We're making 20K next week. We're going to get how many leads to come in to make that? How do you show the benefit of raw leadership in what you're building out in culture when there's no indicators to show that it works and is important and I think this is what we have to find cool 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 I love it I love it all right so with that it's the person that you're speaking to whoever it is having this conversation because I think this conversation comes up whether it's in a conversation in a podcast like this or whether it is in group coaching or whether it's with a group of girlfriends or whatever it is it's in those moments that we've got to encourage the person to do it not go and take it away and think about it and fester and bring in the old beliefs and the old habits and the old patterns. So an example of this is, you know, I ran a boot camp the other day and when I ran the boot camp, my team, they're a little bit shy and they're a bit behind the scenes and I got every single one of them to talk and 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 they and like in front of all the clients. And I was like, okay, guys, um, I'm just going to let you come off mute and get show your face right now. I'm going to ask you a few questions in front of everybody. And they didn't know it was coming. And they for a while, they were just silent. Nobody put their hand up. And I was like, it's okay. We'll wait. And I just wait. <laughs> and I just wait. And I wait. And I wait. And I was like, and, I, and as we're waiting for you, because I know you're building up the courage, because I know this is a big deal for you, because I know that this is a vulnerable moment for you, because I know that this means a lot to you, because when you break through this, you're going to feel so great on that. As we're waiting for that, all of that to go and process right now, what I want to say is this, guys, the next person that speaks up is the most courageous. Can we give it up for the next person? And I'm like building them up into taking that action. I think what people don't do is they go, hey, go, here's the message, go and take it. But the shift hasn't been actioned yet. So there's a difference between information and integration. And knowledge that is information is not knowing at all. I say, if you have not integrated, if you do not have the results in your life, then you do not know it. Full stop. So I've got so many people saying, I know, I know, I know, I know. Do you have the result? Yes or no? No? Okay, cool. Well, then it's not integrated and you do not know it. And so I think when when we come back to that question, like how? How do we do this? How do we infiltrate the world with how being more vulnerable, being more courageous? It's getting people to be courageous in the moment, not waiting for later on, because the more little courageous steps that we can take, it's kind of like building up a kid's confidence, right? In walking or in riding a bike or in anything that they've gone through. You know, I, I had this, I don't have kids yet one day, but I've got not, not as many as you care. I probably won't have as many as you. I probably have like <laughs> two and an adopted one. But, you know, I was, I, th- I took my dog to the beach and she had a bad experience mm. the last time uh, with, cause she's a little dash down sausage dog. She's got the courage and the fierceness of like this 
bigger Doberman. And anyway, she ran and she was playing with all the big dogs in the beach and they started jumping on her. And when they were jumping on her, it was almost like it was drowning her. And I ran over, I picked her up. Since then, she was afraid of the water. She was like, I'm not going. She was traumatized by that experience. The next time I took her to the beach, I threw the ball slightly close to the water, allowed it to go in a little bit. She got the ball, she came out. And then I threw it deeper in and she she just looked at it. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then she grabbed it. She came out. And then I threw it further in where she had to paddle. I was like, yes, yes. She hesitated. As soon as she heard my yeses, she knew it gave her permission to do it. So I think when it comes back to, well, we just leave it up to the person who's just heard a message or just created a shift here. There's nothing about just having the knowledge and not implementing it every day if we don't implement it every day, then it doesn't matter what we learn, you know? And so I think, you know, people ask me, how did I create the business that I've created? How did world leaders become world leaders? Was it one decision? I said, yes, it was one decision, but it was that same decision every single day, especially when times were tough, especially when I didn't want to show up, especially when it was hard. And so when it comes to role leadership and speaking about vulnerability, it's about little practices every day to allow yourself to build up the courage rather than waiting for the courage to build up before you take action. It's building up the courage through the little actions. So good. And here's the thing. I love everything you're saying about that. And I, I so... So I, in my thinking, I go, I'm one of those freaks that go really big into the future and then I can come right back to now and then go, so what is that next little shift to keep us moving towards that future vision, right? And it's funny because hearing you say that because I, one of the things that I used to do was I think I made those, you know, almost like goals too big and that was too big to the next one to the next one and I realized that with clients when I first began doing it many years ago and I saw that they were really struggling to get to the next goalpost sort of thing and I wonder if this is kind of what's happened with the whole new year's resolution thing people not setting (laughs) goals now right because they go I'm not setting goals a because I think People don't want to take responsibility, take or leave that comment, whatever you want to, (laughs) you know. But I also think that, you know, and I don't talk about the goals, I talk about the shifts. So what is going to shift the dial forward by 1%? Mm. and and I go what is that what is that next piece what is that next piece we know where we're heading we know the bigger picture but is this shifting the dial forward and I think um you know and I know that that has been really helpful to actually get the results at the table that people Mm. are looking for I think there was a time in life where we were just setting those too big and it almost set it so big that we were to fail. I love to play at a really big level. So I don't ask of other people to put those shifts at the pace that I do. Mm. I can help you if you want to get to those levels, but I'm not going to put that on other people. I just want you to know how can you shift the dial forward, right? And Mm. I think that that's the difference is that where it was these big, um, almost like you'd always set yourself up to fail. Yeah. And now we're we're needing to do it by shifts. And I see that across the board, not just in what you're doing, yeah. but in, when I look at narrowing the gap from problem to solution, no matter how big, 
it could be at the top decision table, it could be the front line of humanity. And I go, if you're looking at any of that, the only way we can look at it is going, how can we make the next decision and how is that going to shift the dial forward? And I love what you've been talking about. Hey, before I forget, because I'll often think that I'm going to forget this and I don't want to, particularly on this podcast, um, because this it's kind of like I don't go, who are you, what do you do, and all that sort of thing, because I I want to learn the learnings behind because I think this this is the stuff that's really important. But I also want if people want to, you know, know more about what you do and who you are, where's the best place for them to go find that out? Yeah, awesome. So role leaders on, there's a six-figure Facebook group that we do have that we, it's for female coaches. So female coaches who are wanting to embrace who they are through their business. So one of our biggest mottos is building your business from the inside out, not from the outside in. And so it's how can we bring out all of your uniqueness, all, all of the different skills and put it into a magical pot and we get your potion in life and we start to spread that message with your sparkle, with everything that you do. And so we support the female coaches in being able to create five figures and then six figures. And a lot of them now are moving on to seven figures as well. So we're in a Facebook group. You can catch me on Instagram as well, which is lisa.a.barry. You can catch me on there or you can add me as a friend on Facebook. So, you know, it's it's I'm on all the socials and people can connect with me there. And I think, you know, Kira Marie, this conversation, I really love this conversation. I really loved what we've spoken about today because, you know, this is something that's really dear to my heart. This is something that I'm really passionate about. And more than that, it's something that I want to support so many people in connecting to and having the courage and also it's how can we blend the, we spoke about and touched on this earlier. How can we blend that femininity and that masculinity and allow them to dance, allow them to be a part of your life that allows you to take the steps forward because the masculine supports the feminine that and the feminine embraces the masculine and allowing, you know, and almost imagining those two people in your life, in your business, in your world that's within you, to play together, to have fun together, to allow or give you permission to each other to be everything that you are. And so thank you for this conversation and thank you for bringing this and sharing vulnerable moments with me in today's podcast as well. It's been a privilege and an honor. Thank you. But here's the thing. I haven't quite finished yet. But oh, okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing that I always ask on yeah. this. And I'm just wondering, I, I had two questions and I'm wondering whether yeah. I asked this one first or the other one. I think I'm going to ask this one. So what are you taking from our conversation today? What I'm taking, and I think one of the things that you've expanded on that I really love is how can we take the micro actions in, or interactions that we've got every day and, and blow it up to a global perspective and mm-hmm. see what is what are the ripples that we're doing right now and more so instead of being only like, you know, the way that I perceive it is almost how can we add to the heaviness of the drop so that when it does drop, it's waves, not ripples. And so seeing that across different platforms in the world and how it's functioning in the politics, in the wars, in the the stuff that's going on right now with the world's incidents in like the home lives in every single component of that. So for me, one of the biggest things that I've taken away from today is the perspective of Mm -hmm. uh, and the impact of what it is that we do. 
Yeah, I love that. Thank you. What I'm going to take away from is A, I love the way that you spoke about when, uh, you know, like teaching the other person. I, I mean, I know all that sort of thing, but yeah. I love the way that you described it. I love the way you did that. So I'm going <laughs> to take that on board because yeah. I think sometimes we, even though we might say the words, we don't get them to do it again. And mm. I think that was the key to it. Yeah. And so I really like that piece. I also loved the crows and the flamingo. <laughs> and I yeah. think I'm going to be happy just to be that flamingo. Yeah. There, even if there's crows all around. And sometimes that's actually a really tough thing to do. And, mm. and I speak about this a lot in my work about how uh, you, you are welcome at the table and mm. you don't need to ask permission to be at the table, mm. at my table. Mm. You really don't because... Mm. I don't want people to look the same, sound the same and be the same. So I think that that's a great visual, the flamingo. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope, and I, I really do hope that I'm creating tables and I continue this year, the big focus yeah. is to prepare more tables and that it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of fleet crows. I hope there's a kookaburra. I hope there's a flamingo. Yeah. I hope there's a crow. I hope there's yeah. a magpie, a whatever, you know, like a pelican. Bring on all these birds coming to the table. <laughs> uh, but I do. I really, really truly yeah. do. I love yeah. that visual of it. And mm. sometimes we are the flamingo and we need to be strong and confident at being at the table with the crows. So because there's still those tables. So I'm taking those from it. So I reckon I love how you were saying it, what you're taking. And I think it's a beautiful segue into my last question. And that is, what's the one thing you're going to do to shift the dial by 1%? What are you going to own, take ownership? So I've created the wall of humanity. It's called the 1% movement. And I've kind of stepped aside from it. I'm going to take it up a bit more this year again, because I just... When I talk about indicators, uh, you know, one of the things that I want to do is that we don't just have these conversations, but yep. that we actually take what we've learned and go, I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to do it. So for me, one of the things that I wanted to do was get a thousand names on the wall of humanity, which is, you know, awesome humans like yourself committing to that 1% shift. And yeah. You know, when I hit that 1,000, I'll change that number to the next, whatever. But at least I know that I'm shifting. So if I'm having these amazing conversations, that committing, like yourself, yeah. to an amazing shift, then we know things are shifting in culture. And so we know that this is working. What is it you're going to commit to and know that you're shifting that 1%? Awesome. That's an easy question because I've already yes. defined it. <laughs> That's an easy question. I love it. I love it. So uh, part of what we do is we don't only believe in contributing to ourselves and our success, but rather what we do uh, in our worlds contributes to the livelihood of this world and making this world a better place. And so the Rural Leaders Foundation, right, has been started this year. Um, so 5% of every payment that comes through Rural Leaders goes towards the Rural Leaders Foundation. The Rural Leaders Foundation is going to build a school in Cambodia, partly because I connected to that place. I went there and I did a, it literally gave me the 
enlightenment I don't know or the like awareness or the you know I read the book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now so that's when I read it I was there and it was just powerful yeah. uh for me then um well I don't think I actually got to enlightenment we never will but uh <laughs> but when I but when I went there the kids were the most happiest um and they'd gone through so much and through my journey one of the things that I wish that they had was someone to teach them that no matter what cards you got dealt you can always play a different game yeah. And so where what we're going to do is build a school in Cambodia uh, within the next two to three years. And so, so is it uh, two years or three years? Two years. There we go. Uh, we heard it here years. on this podcast. Two years. Yes, two years. So build a school in Cambodia. And with that, I want to fly over all the raw leaders that contributed to it and everybody's going to lay a brick. And the daytime of that school is going to teach kids about expression, about personal development, also about business, because I want to teach them that they can create a different world. They don't have to stay stuck in that country. They can, or if they want to be in that country, they can create something from it. And in the evening, it's going to be a school for adults to teach them the capacity to love, to contribute, to create businesses there. So that's what I am doing already uh, to do that 1% and and contribute to this world in that way. And that will be the start. So that will be the first one. And like you said, after we build the first one, then there's the next one. Let's go to the next country and do the same. Oh, that's so awesome. And there's so much common ground here. You you wouldn't believe it's amazing. I love (laughs) it. I love you. I love what you've had to say. And in just finishing up, is there anything that you wish you could have said? that I didn't give you space for, I'd love to give you this moment. And then, you know, just in case there was something I I left out, I didn't ask you that question. No, but, you know, if I were to add a, a final thing to anyone who's listening, uh, one of my biggest mottos is to become the most limitless person that I know. And so, you know, we spoke about the courage to speak up. We spoke about all those sort of things. And anytime I feel a limit, I believe it's my responsibility to break through it. And so if you're going through a challenge right now and you're experiencing this and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, ah, I've got a break. I've got a, I've got a glass ceiling. I've got something there that's stopping me. It's your responsibility today to break through that, to make a choice today, to do something different because your freedom depends on it. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. And here's the thing that I love is that none of us have to keep, we've all got our old story. We've all got a story that maybe at one time, maybe even today still serves us. But what I love about this moment in life is that every single one of us can disrupt those patterns and change it from an old story to a new story. And I'm so grateful you did it. I'm so grateful that you went through and, uh, you know, you've worked hard to, to build resilience, to bring what you do to this day. Thank you for your work. Thank you for serving other female coaches and helping them to be the best they can be because, you know, that goes back to that domino effect. Like it's mm-hmm. so important in this work. And uh, thank you for being such a beautiful role model and your beautiful inside and outside. And it really does radiate. So thank you for just sharing today and just being you. I love it. 
Ah, oh, thank you. You're going to make me want to hug you. And uh, well, I'm going to very soon in a couple of weeks, actually. I'll see you very, very soon. Um, yeah, I'm coming to your house just so you know. Um, <laughs> I love that. I'm coming to your house. I'm knocking on the door. I know why well, you're coming to my house. You're, but, you're yeah. in my way. <laughs> um, but, and I'm going to give you the biggest hug because oh, what you're so doing good. here is really special. It's really special. And I love, I genuinely love and appreciate the message that you're sending out not only for me not only for the listeners but for what every single person can do in this world through what you're inspiring through the accountability that you're holding through the conversations that you're having and I think more and more people need to do what you're doing and so thank you for being a light a change maker and you know uh, an emotional role leader in your own way in this world so um, you're beautiful Kieran Marie and thank you amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode make sure you subscribe leave awesome ratings and reviews our hope is that this product creates a new awareness activates ownership to what is next and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards if you want to further your journey with us join us at our next global human intelligence forum or apply to our next leaders movement parlay both links are in the show notes we appreciate you Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.